1: Today's episode of BTR Boxing Podcast is sponsored by Bear Attack Boxing. Go over and check out the high-quality products that they're producing, boxing gloves, boxing equipment, lots more to go and check out on their website, which is www.bearattackboxing.co.uk. You can find them also on the social media. You can find them on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, where all the latest news and updates about their products will be available. Now, genuinely, they are great high quality products that they're producing. I'm not just saying it because they're a sponsor, I am saying it because I have seen it, I have used it I believe that these are the next generation of boxing gloves so for your boxing gloves needs, go over to bearattackboxing.co.uk and check out all the high quality boxing gloves that they're producing
2: This is, to right left, the this is one of the most calls by a referee in the history.
1: Welcome, Fight Fans, to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast Legendary Nights with me, your host, Sean Bastow. And today is the tale of Nazim Hamed this is Kevin Kelly and I'm going to be joined shortly by Johnston Brown, he's back on, he's a regular on the Legendary Night Series, really pleased to be getting him back on, a fight that he's really looking forward to which I'll chat to him about shortly but before I do that, just want to let you guys know to go and find us on the social media at BTR Boxing Pod and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook as well, and find us on Podbean Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Player FM Spreaker, Spotify, even Eat Sleep Boxing Repeats YouTube channel subscribe to any of them platforms Platforms. It's free to do. Follow us on there, share all the episodes on social media, get talking about it, get hashtagging it. We really appreciate all the support. So, today's episode then, the tale of Nazin Hamed versus Kevin Kelly. A fight which took place in December 1997, so 22 years ago. But a fight that still lives up to the expectation, even 22 years later. So, this is it then guys, really enjoy this episode. It's one of my personal favourite fights of all time this is Prince Nazim Hamed versus Kevin Keller and it's right here on BTR boxing podcast legendary nights uh. So we've got Johnston Brown back on the podcast, the Legendary Night Series. And Johnston, it's great to get you back on. Thanks for coming on. No problem, mate. It's lovely to be back on, mate. Really appreciate you uh, inviting me back on for the second time. Well, it's great the fact that this this poll that you did that got this fight out of it was you. <laughs> it was all you. You, you decided yeah. to put this poll out for us and then you get the last-minute switch of Macklin Moore and decide to put Hamed and Kelly in and Hamed and Kelly wins and then we get this great episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really pleased that. As I say, I, I, to be honest, I, I completely uh, I, I sort of slipped under the radar. I, I forgot about this fight um, when you asked me for, um, and I wanted to try and mix it up. You know, I had a couple of old, I, I don't know, in there with obviously a Cooper and. Uh, and clay so um, I thought I'd try and go through the decades uh, and then uh, obviously yeah more and uh, Matthew Macklin was obviously another cracking scrap but yeah I hold it out and put this one in and uh, please it won't really pleased
1: I know and, and the thing is I think we're around about a similar age and we obviously both have got great memories of this particular fight and when we do our homework and we start looking into stuff going back then you said it before we started recording today that you actually then start to realise where you were at the time you watched all these fights
0: yeah it's really strange to- Actually, as I say, you, you sort of you look at a name um, uh, and you recall a name, you recall the fight in a way, and then when you actually go back and watch them, uh, as I said, I was running through them on YouTube, um, and yeah, it was really, really weird. Just uh, yeah, watching, remember watching my brother and where I was and things that had happened before in terms of football and boxing. But obviously, we we're going to that. But yeah, oh, it was fascinating, it, really. It was, it, was a, it was a great ride, especially sort of running through through Naz's career. Um, Uh, It was a fact, although I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't the biggest fan, but you know, uh, as time goes by. Yeah, you realise just how good he was and especially what rewatching this footage he was, it was, it was absolutely brilliant
1: fighter to watch Yeah, he was an unbelievable fighter to watch and one of my early favourites when I was growing up watching boxing and it's a really great episode to, to be covering especially this particular fight because this, you know, we'll be talking about it shortly this was the fight that brought him onto the American stage and the American audiences really got to see the talented guy that he was and as always, we'll cover this episode in the same fashion we do with all the Legendary nights episodes so we're going to talk about that Career of both of the men leading up to the fights, and then we're going to go talk about the actual build up to the fight, and as always, the fight itself. So, first of all then, we've both done our homework, we've both had a sit-down and looked at the careers and gone back and you know realised that there were some real great moments in there for both of them in the lead-up to, to this particular fight. And starting with, starting with Kevin Kelly then, I think I was saying this to you earlier that at the time I watched this fight and the build-up to the fight, I remember Sky doing a pretty good job of making Kevin Kelly out to be this dangerous fighter, this this machine of a man that was going to come uh, and stop Nazim Hamed and dethrone Nazim Hamed's career and and it, it made me really believe that this was really going to be a tough fight because before this fight we'd not really seen anyone that had given Hamed any trouble, he was just so confident, cocky and brash that you're thinking no one's going to be this guy so Kevin Kelly then, early memories of him, what were your thoughts on him when you were first presented with him?
0: Um as exactly the same as you show. Um, I, um, I I remember him coming to the, to, to the ring um, to the apron for uh, for after the, the fight just before he fought Nas and that was the first time I, at the time I'd actually seen Kevin Kelly um, and then um, I remember some of the old footage that they were showing uh, the, the one fight in particular was the, the Derek Gaynor fight and uh, obviously the fight just before the Nas fight was the Orlando Fernandez fight which was uh, a wonderful wonderful left-hand KO he was up on the scorecards but it was a beautiful beautiful shot and then just before that um he had, he had to, as i said had to fight with Derek uh, Derek gainer um Again, knocked the guy down three times. So you could see where they were getting this footage on Kevin Kelly to make him up to be this, you know, this hard hitting featherweight. And uh, to be fair, he was another. He was probably one of the best featherweights around at the time. So they done a great job, as you say. And I, and that was the only sort of that was the only footage I had seen of Kevin. Um, but again, good fight. I wasn't as orthodox as Ahmed, but uh, very good uh, in terms of his technique. He was he was very orthodox, and he was although a southpaw as well, but great, they, as I say, they, as you said, they've done a great job of uh, promoting him um, and he, he didn't disappoint, let's be
1: honest No, he really didn't, and talking a little bit more about Kevin Kelly's career then for a brief overview of it he first became uh, a world champion he first announced himself on the American stage in 1993 when he picked up the WBC featherweight title via a unanimous decision against Gregorio Vargas, so that was when he came mm-hmm. about, and that was when Hamed was really just sort of starting out in his own career uh, and starting to build his own record so over in America, we've got Kevin Kelly, WBC featherweight champion, working his way through you know opponents, knocking them out. Ninety four was another great year for him. He picked up three stoppage wins in that particular year. But then ninety five, he loses to Alejandro Gonzalez, loses his featherweight title, and then he comes back as another TKO win against Ricardo Rivera, and then he has two draws. So then you start to feel like when you look back on it, you think mm, actually, you know, is he starting to sort of slide a little bit because? At this point, he'd had about... I think he'd had about 40-odd fights at this point as well. So, you start to think, is he going to be be this great guy? But then, as you were rightly pointing out earlier, he moves into 1996 and that's when he really starts to become this fighter that they presented him as on Sky. He he started to pick up these knockout victories and these great wins over the likes of Derek Gaynor and uh, Edwin Santana and, and people of that nature. So, for me... He was he was right. To, he was the right opponent for Naz at that time. He was a great fighter. He was a former world champion. He was ranked third in the WBO rankings, and this was the perfect fight for him.
0: had yeah, just picked up the, uh, the the minor version, the, the, the WBO uh, WBU sorry featherweight title uh, against Clarence Adams. But again, not looking too great. And then um, Derek gained the fight. He was a much taller guy, and he's he was trying to fight on the outside, and Kelly was obviously trying to get on and uh, trying to. Get in the inside and trying to throw that right hand, uh, and he, his eye actually was really badly swollen in the in the Derek Gainer fight. If you ever if you ever recall, if anyone's listening to just to go back on YouTube and actually watch Derek Gainer fight against Kevin Kelly, he's a really good 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 eight rounder. And and Kelly knocked Gainer down three times. The third time inevitably being the end. But he was behind on the scorecards. Yeah, his, his his eye was slightly well, I think slightly really bad. The left eye was almost closed over, so he was sort of getting jabbed at will. And um he, 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 he connected, I'm sure, I think it was with a right hand and he, he, he really took Gainer out in the eighth. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, from there, and then obviously he did the Orlando Fernandez, if anyone wants to go and see a great knockout. Fernandez had never been knocked out before. Well, he had been stopped just before that, I believe, against I think it was Antonio Barrera, but it was a TKO. TKO whereas the uh, the fight against Kelly, it, this left hand, it is an absolute peach. <laughs> and uh, Orlando Fernandez is literally on his back it, it, just before, obviously, the the uh, Hamid fight. So I, I would, I would. Uh, I'd say go back and have a look at that on YouTube it was is a really wonderful knockout.
1: So it was the perfect opportunity to set someone up who was on the, on, you know like a five win streak uh, where he in his previous fight he would knocked out like you say Fernandez and he'd really done a number on the guy and this really sort of put him out there as a guy who could really be a legitimate threat to Nazim Hamid and we'll talk about Hamid yeah. because obviously us being UK based fans you know we, we grew up on guys like Nazim Hamid and, and your Brunos and people like that we grew up on these guys coming through so I've got nothing but fond memories of of his career growing up in the mid 90s and you know Hamed first you know he was always known in the UK scene but I think he really sort of came to the forefront when he first picked up his world title which was in 95 against Wales Steve Robinson so he picked up a a TKO win over Robinson and becomes the WBO featherweight champion and from there it was just a string of fantastic TKO victories, and the two notable ones in the lead up to this fight for me were the ones against Tom Boom Boom Johnson, where he also picked up the IBF featherweight title, and then <laughs> the one against Billy Hardy. That's that sticks out in my memory like a sore thumb because I've, I remember how much Billy Hardy was giving it the big talk in the build up to it.
0: I do remember the build up to that as well. Yeah, he was. Uh, he's from Sunderland, uh, uh, Billy, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was he, he was giving it the big enough. To be honest, even when I see it, uh, when the fight was announced, obviously it was on pay-per-view, I, I was a little bit sceptical. Uh, but I do recall that, I, I'm sure it was this fight where, where Naz actually said uh, that he would knock him out in the first round. And boy, did he deliver. He came out like a shot. And uh, absolutely, <laughs> now poor Hardy. Um, uh, yeah. It was a brutal finish really, but he predicted the first round character so credit to him. but with it being on paper, I don't think the viewers were too best pleased with it. But <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, what well, can you that's that was Naz, was it? I mean what what featherweight yeah, had we that was the one thing that struck me with me with with Hamed was I'd never in my life seen a guy under sort of one four seven with this knockout punch power at featherweight. Uh, unbelievable. It, it, although I wasn't as I say, I wasn't the biggest fan of Hamed, I, I didn't quite like his cockiness and I probably went into most fight most for this fight it's eager for the other guy to sort of chill him, but, um, but his reflexes and uh, it, you know it, it was it was phenomenal to watch really especially when I'm recalling all of this stuff now for this fight it, it, his legs I mean for a featherweight he had these massive legs he? and that was where the power come from so uh, yeah a fantastic finish against Hardy
1: yeah it was it was a great like I can say it was a great night I just, I just remember the build up to it more than anything for that particular fight. how how much Billy Hardy was talking about how he was going to be the first man to start Ahmed and it was it was you know it was going to be a great night and, and I, I always refer to this night because on this same night just touching on another great fight that was on there you had the likes of Robin Reed against Henry Wharton and Ronald Winky Wright against Steve Foster so I remember them that, that night particularly particular for, yeah. for, for them fights on that particular card but then we move forward and just touching on, on where he goes from there and he's, he's obviously at this point seemingly unstoppable he picks up two more stoppage wins and and the no- most notable one, obviously, against Jose Padilla, which was where we get the big build-up for the Kevin Kelly fight and we get the great event of him being ringside and the ringside interview. That was, that was you know, the start of of, of a great build-up for this particular fight for me.
3: I'm so, so happy that I'm going to get the fight because I reckon Frank Warren is the best promoter in the world. He always does his job. He pulls out the opponents. I take him out. Uh, What can I say? It's my 8th defence tonight. I ain't getting beat basically and Kevin Kelly's here tonight and he's seen, he's seen the skill of the Prince and the strength and the ability and the accuracy and the speed. Oh gosh, you know I'm the best in the world. Can I just say, he's right in front of me and I can honestly tell him that I'm going to knock him spark out. I'm going to knock your spark out.
0: What do you got to say to that Kevin?
4: relax. Relax, baby.
3: You relax. And you
4: gonna get knocked out? Let me tell you. In your hometown. Naj, you had a great performance. At New you're nice, York. you nice and hyped. Madison Square Garden. But I'm the real and deal. I Can't wait
3: to beat you up.
4: I'm the real deal. I I'm can't looking you in the face, and I'll tell you the face. Go on, go on, go on. Look I'm at going to smoke your boots. We'll see. We'll see. Because I am the best featherweight in the world. We will see. So I'll take you out like the rest. you to say. You can give it all the people hype. People I know the respect is there can give it all the
3: hype in the world, and I can. Yo. But we know the best featherweight in the world is, and I'm gonna. I'm looking you in your eyes. i you
1: Just tell us what you seriously think about this fellow as a fighter, because everybody's saying this is the best featherweight tell him in the now world. The
3: New York accent. Tell him. Well, I feel like
4: this. Calm down. I. I feel like this. You know, I came to uh, England before. I watched Niles fight one time before Tom Johnson. I said they would beat Tom Johnson because the styles make fights. I feel like this, he's a good fighter, he feels he's like a good fighter. Hey, if he didn't think he was a good fighter, he could I do the job? I feel I'm the best fighter, he feels he's like the best fighter. As I was say let's party. I'm a party crasher. I'm gonna let go down the crash this party.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, Kevin Kelly had actually gone to the Tom, uh, not, was it Tom Johnson? It was a Tom Johnson fight. He had gone to that previously. Uh, obviously, Tom Johnson was a long-time RBF champion, and, and uh, Hamed dealt with him, stunned him, staggered him for about round three, and actually got caught himself, funny enough, right at the end of one of the rounds, and he actually dipped his legs. That was the first time I'd ever seen Naz in a bit of trouble. Right? He went back to his corner, and was just literally right on the belt, so obviously nothing come of it, and he, and he, he finished Tom wonderfully, uh, Tom Johnson, boom, boom. Johnson. Um, and then, obviously, went on um, the, the Badillo fight where uh, Kelly did show up. I think he was in back. i back, if I recall, from the, from the interview. And for me, the, the, the Jose Badillo fight was actually, uh, well, I think, Hamid's one of the best performances. I, I, I'd class that as one of his performances at Sheffield, uh, where he stopped him in the seventh. But, uh, yeah, Kevin Kelly, came on, and uh, he ended up joining the interview. And, yeah, it, it was it was great, wasn't it? The old, uh, what did he say to him? Uh, I'm going to smoke your boots with me, Kelly.
1: <laughs> Kelly yeah. Kelly was saying to him I'm going to smoke your boots and then Ahmed was just basically sat right in his face next to him he's like I'm going to knock you out and it was just wonderful to watch the way he just self promoted and the way he just he would chat so much that you like like you said earlier you wasn't really a big fan of him and that's because of this type of stuff because he was so cocky so arrogant but he always backed it up and that was the big thing about and that's what I kind of I love that the fact that he could go out there and antagonizes opponents before he'd even got in the ring with them, and then back it up. And that's one of the things in boxing that we get today, where you don't always see it anymore. You can see guys chatting all this talk, and then they go in the ring and don't do anything that they say they were going to do, or even anything of note. And and for this was yeah. one of them fights where you know it was built so much. And, and at this point as well, I got a, good, a good couple of sort of facts to touch on. Really, was that after the Padillo fight. He, he was wanted by numerous amounts of, of promoters and television audiences and it was HBO who actually come to to Frank Warren and picked him up with this twelve million pound or twelve million dollar contract to air his fights and it was a six fight deal. So this was where he was really hitting the big time. To go over then to America to fight Kevin Kelly, who was obviously this well-known, well-respected former featherweight champion. This was his. This was his big time, really, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, he had he had been on pay per view a, a few times, and it was aired in America. Uh, I think from around. I think he might have been from. Is either the, Molino, the the Molina fight, or the, the Medina fight? Uh, Manuel Medina, who was another tough, a tough Mexican. That's probably one of his, his hardest fights. So he was, I think he, he he blamed it on the on the flu. But uh, Medina's a tough guy, really tough guy. So um, yeah, so they picked up a few of his fights. Um, they the Americans weren't too sure. I think I think they the way they they sort of see it was that he hadn't really fought anyone of note. Albeit he was a featherweight knocking people out, and uh, and as I say, that that alone was was something for people to stand up and take notice. And then yeah, so Lou DiBella, I believe he comes. I think he came over to England a couple of times, doing his best, sort of sort of uh, trying to speak with Frank Warren and. And then in the end, obviously, they offered him the twelve billion six-fight deal, which he accepted. And he also had the actual poster for the Kevin Kelly and uh, the Hamid fight was literally just Hamid on his own with a glove. <laughs> so um, I, I remember Kevin Kelly saying he weren't too best pleased. He had been over to England a couple of times. To, to, to promote the fight and in his his view and his opinion is I'm the one that's gone to England I should at least be on the post you know what I mean whereas Mohammed obviously had, he had signed this massive mega deal so yeah he, he, he was the main the main, the main guy and he, he was on a massive billboard in Times Square wasn't he <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah bless Kelly really to be fair to him he, he probably deserved a little bit more respect than he got but um, you know what can you say Hamid he was he was the poster boy wasn't
1: he oh, Hamid he just makes me laugh because like, we were talking about them quotes earlier and one of the quotes I've got in front of me here is brilliant and he pissed Kelly off so much in the build up to the fight he basically turns round to Kevin Kelly and said "You know, I could have brought Kevin Kelly to my own backyard and beat him up but I didn't want to do that <laughs> I, I wanted to come to his own backyard yard and bring him down in front of his own crowd and kevin kelly's response was the first round i'm going straight for that mouth i've been saving everything yeah. for the belt
0: <laughs> yeah that's right and uh and he also said Hamid said he'd give him a full-time job afterwards uh <laughs> his up if he wants.
4: <laughs> he hits them they get up when i hit them they're unconscious there's a big difference between my punching power and my rockets compared to his rockets he got missiles I got nitrogen bombs. When I hit him in the first round, the first round, he's gonna feel sorry that he ever thought about the third round. He's gonna feel it. I'm telling, knock me out. Nobody can knock me out. Nobody has ever knocked me out. And you're not the first to try to do it, and instead, they're gonna do it. When I hit you, this bottle, that's how you gonna fall. I'm the hardest puncher you ever been in the ring with. You're not the hardest puncher featherweight. I got news for you, I am. I got more knockouts than you got fights. When I hit you with the first punch, you're gonna know what the time it is. I know you switch left, you switch right, and all that, so do I. I got the dipsy doodle too, I do all that. Listen, so if you were that
3: quality of a fighter, that everybody will snap you up, but you ain't got anything. Yo, I've been the black sheep. For simple my... reason, Marvin Haggins. You state. ain't Prince I am the black sheep. You she. ain't Prince the same. and after this fight, listen, I'm gonna like trying to create a nice job for you putting my posters up with HBO. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, believe me. After this fight, right, you'll have a full-time job, forget about boxing, all you have to do is go to Lou DeBella, he'll give you a nice job, promoting my ass in Times Square every time I come here. I tell you what. Put me up. I'm
4: not even going to give you a job.
3: That's I'm my do job to you. I to saying you jump up. All they're they're
4: do for you. You want it to be on You Hbo to, to, to get
3: back there quicker. You trickle. got
1: one. You want a concho Hbo. You got one. and You are gonna get paid. No. Tell you what, <laughs> it just had this way, didn't he? Of just like pissing people off so much that uh, you know what? I think it's the psychological warfare factor of boxing, and obviously some of the some of the times in the fights that he had hammered, he, he was able to kind of get into people's skin so much that uh, uh, making these bold predictions that you know, he, I think they must have had some sort of effect on his. Opponent. I mean, I don't know with this with this Kelly fight how much of it, uh, the sort of pre-fight antics had going into it, but I tell you what, it must have had some sort of effect on him. It. it must have got him really angry.
0: Oh, of course, cool. so no doubt. The, the, the fact that, that Hamid is, you know, he, he was predicting his knockout wins, and he, even looking back from uh, sort of watching some of the footage. And you hear the commenter say, yeah, this is the third round, this is the round where he's going to take him out. And then he actually took them out. So, you know, he was he was making his bold statements. Um, and he was actually doing it. He was, you know, he was backing up what he was saying. Um, although, as I say, he was a very, very cocky, really. Uh, but to be fair to the guy, I mean, I mean people would, you know, especially like the hands of Dianard and Hamid fans would always probably would would, would sort of um, compare him to Ali, where Ali was the guy that would do that, like, the trash talking and I'd say, I'm going to finish you off in round eight and whatever, and, uh, and he But to be fair, Hamed did it. So, credit to the guy. And and he he was fantastic. I mean, as I say, I wasn't a fan. As I've watched back and I've got older and sort of time passes, you start to realise just how great he was, really. And uh, how entertaining he was. Not just in the ring, but obviously... The entrances was a big thing for him, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think most, most of his entrances actually lasted longer
1: than his fights. <laughs> well, it's funny you talk about the entrances, because we're going to move on to that now, and this was yeah. one of the longest entrances that he ever had going into the ring for any of his fights. He wanted to make it, obviously, a big deal, because it was in America. It was his American debut, and at the time, the biggest film out at the time was Will Smith's Men in Black, which was uh, a great film, and I remember going watching that before... You know, the, the, yeah. the, this fight, and he comes out dancing to, to, to Men in Black behind that little screen. And he comes in, the the song changes to Shelly Ann, and he comes out in this fashion runway, like he's walking down a cat, work, cat walk, and all this confetti's is coming down on him, like he's going down this fashion parade. And it's just, oh, it's just ridiculous, like watching back on it. But it just brought this extra little bit of entertainment value to, to the fights, you know, not the fight itself, but going in the ring and. and, and on the way to the ring, you don't really see a lot of that anymore. Now it's it's more about you know they have a little bit of a shadow box and then they'll come in. But these these entrances were amazing. I loved them. Oh,
0: they yeah they they it, they were they were got more and more ex- extreme, didn't they? Uh, yeah, he had a few. had one where they the guy carried him out at, they had a, like he was a real prince, and he came out and they carried him out. And then um, it was funny enough because it. But that fight in particular, I was like, what is he doing in this game? is getting carried out. I mean, what a lemon. And he got locked down in the first round. And I remember jumping, <laughs> my brother jumping around again. <laughs> good, good. Man. Um, but uh, yeah, it, and, and funny enough, the story behind the uh, the screen as well, there, there's a couple of things with, um, which uh, Kevin Kelly said was that in his contract for the fight, he said if Naz is over twelve minutes. He gets an extra few grand on top of it. Was, it was something crazy like that, where so so he was on the ropes, shouting, at, at sort of, having to come, like, hurry up, sort of thing. Why is it taking so long? And uh, but deep down, he's thinking, Well, oh, keep going because then another couple of minutes, and I've got myself another thirty grand. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. at, and then also with the screen, he had seen it previously. He had the, the silhouette behind the screen. Where he was sort of doing his dancing. Uh, but normally it would it would light up in flames. That was one thing that always. If you ever watched that, is fights throughout so I thought about two or three of his entrances That always like this, this, once in, this one time in particular for that fight that Kevin Kelly fight it didn't light up so he's sort of standing there dancing and you sort of see him stop and then apparently the rumour has it is that it was supposed to be lit up in flames and it didn't <laughs> so he ended up sort of bursting out of it so it's quite
1: funny Well there you go a bit of fun facts for you there guys that are listening that's actually something I didn't know as well so quite enlightening to hear that, that um, you don't even think about these things at the time you just kind of like think oh okay he's just doing something a little bit different tonight
2: so we get ready to see prince nasim come into the ring larry merchant uh, among the many questions how do we know if he's for real how do we specifically know if he can take a punch from a legitimate hard puncher in this division like kevin kelly
1: we don't know jim and that's why we're here yeah, yeah. He, c- he comes into yeah. the ring then gets in gets his trademark flip over the ropes and then obviously we get the introductions and the fight begins and oh man this is like this is up there like with with some of the best fights, you know, action-wise you've ever seen and I I can't fathom like how good this was going to be at the time. I thought watching watching back at the time this is going to be, you know, a, a very tentative fight, it's going to be a fight that's probably going to go the distance and then we get the first round and my god. and that is a puzzle
2: that Kelly is unable to solve. But
0: Uh, I think it's the first round. I think Naz is down, and that, I think that is the only one. He, he got knocked down where his hands touched. I think he's sort of is in. He, he's sort of he's going into. Sort of sort of lunging in as he would do he sort of he'd lead with his uppercut and he sort of lunges in uh, like he had sort of normally and his accuracy was always devastating he had fantastic a- accuracy and uh, it, the way he could sort of change trajectory of his shots where he'd look like he's found a jab and then he'd turn into an uppercut and it, I'd never seen nothing like that I mean stuff he's gone to do that and then Kelly's caught him as he's on his way back I mean on his way out as, as uh, you know when he used to sort of bend his head back and he's just caught him on the chin and he's gone down and it looked like one of the hardest knockdowns. Probably, probably Hamed had, but that was the first round we had been down, so it was, it was a 10-8 round for, in Kelly's favour for the first round.
1: That's it, I remember, I remember now, so he steps back and sort of throws a a bit of a lunging right hook and that lunging right yep. hook was what got Hamed, and Hamed wasn't expecting it, and that's what he sort of dropped him back and all of a sudden, like you were saying people were thinking, what the hell you know, this wasn't expected, <laughs> but Hamed, Hamed was always known for going in sort of lunging, he could always get away with it against different opponents, but Kevin Kelly had obviously done his work, and he just threw that sort of lunging counter right, and and Hammond had dropped, and yeah, that's it. I remember, I remember obviously the that that being a big shocking moment of the fight where people are starting to think, oh shit, this you know this is where <laughs> we could see we could see this guy dethroned. Especially with HBO, I
0: mean, Lou de Bella sitting in the front row, he he's thinking, what on earth is going on? We've just given this guy so many dollars, he's going get knocked
1: out on us. <laughs> oh no and then the second round it's just it's just as chaotic as the first
2: but it only took one to do the damage which won him the round
4: I think it was a wonderful feat by Nassim to get be able to get knocked down and then have your opponent running from you at the end of the round he got up and made Kelly run now They will get a good, powerful right jab by Kevin Kelly. Strong jab.
2: Backs Nassim up. Nassim in the rope. First time he's been in the ring with a fighter of Kevin Kelly's class. The wonderful thing coming into tonight was he knew that anything could happen. And one of the things that could happen would be that the Prince was exposed as a fraud. His gloves touch the canvas. The count begins. The second knockdown for Kelly. So one knockdown in each round. I think the last knockdown was fluke <laughs> kelly was down i thought that was a knockdown that kelly should have been scored in for a knockdown angie estevis waved it off and ruled it a slip so it does not count as a knockdown against kelly ahmed has been down twice the knockdown the apparent knockdown of kelly ruled a slip hard right hand inside by the Prince has not seen this kind of
4: power before. Well, but Hamed is supposed to be half power of his own with his quickness, and we haven't seen the evidence of that as yet. I think the mistake he made, there
2: we All saw right, it, right there. There's the power. <laughs> there's the power you were talking about. And Kelly
0: is stunned. And Hamed nods to him. Now we're in a fight. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah, now it's down again. <laughs> um, he, he, he gets caught again. It's... it's it's funny because he doesn't really get caught as, as hard this time, but from uh, sort of recap of some of the other fights, is, I think, think the one guy was Manuel Medina, when he was the first one to sort of counter that. He, he always had his chin up, Naz. and so it, it, as, say, as you say, he it, sort of throw that looping shot, which was always accurate. It was a, fact, it was, it was a great punch, it, it, and it sort of bewildered all of, his po- all of his opponents, and Medina sort of just counted it, but he was never able to catch him enough, and obviously with Johnson, he, not Johnson, talk, talking about Kelly, has it actually, He's caught him again. Um, as he sort of he, he sort of flexes his back, um, trying to avoid the shot. And, uh, and this, as again, you know, with, with Kelly, he's got a bit more power in his hands. And so he's obviously recap look, looked at that, that fight in particular. And I remember a few others. I think Tom, Tom Johnson sort of done a similar thing. And yeah, he was down again. It was this time it was just a touch, though. I think you know, if I remember rightly, it was a touch. from Naz. didn't wasn't that bad. He was saying, "I'm alright, I'm alright, I'm alright." And obviously, he went on to uh, to, to catch Kelly and put him
1: down in second as well. It was ridiculous. Like I remember again he caught Nas. It it's like a bit of a grazing sort of left hook around the top of the head. And obviously yep. it made Hamid sort of touch down again. Being a little bit off balance I think at the time when he when he when he got caught with that shot. He got up and obviously took a standing eight out and then I think Kelly felt like he'd smelt blood at this point because he started to swarm him, he was just he weren't giving him a chance, he was just trying to get in there really close. He was trying to get that knockdown, but then he started to swing really, really Really wild and really unorthodox shots being thrown from Kelly at this point and obviously Hamed trying to get out of the way using his reflexes, he sidestepped Kelly at one point where Kelly had actually missed completely and fell to the canvas
0: yeah and he, he knew he caught him as well Kelly because he sort of went down on his back and he looked up and he's actually see the footage he's he got a little smile on his face and he gives him a nod as if to say yeah yeah you've caught me you've caught me okay then let's go then this is on sort of thing <laughs> yeah it's brilliant
1: so we get to the third round then and they both start off a little bit more tentatively in the third and it's it's just one of them it's just one of them fights where you think it's going to explode at any time, so we'd had knockdowns that had happened in the first two rounds and then all of a sudden the third round starts to quiet down a little bit, they're both very cautious both being very tentative Uh, and then when it kicks off again we get to the fourth and it's the fourth round which is obviously the final round of the fight uh, and it's a gr- another it's another great round isn't it it's just uh it's just it's, again it's just hooks thrown left right and center and both of them just going at it to try and finish each other off Nassim
2: lands a couple power punches Kevin Kelly lands a hard left hand Kelly misses with the right and misses wildly with the right but Nassim not in a position to counter either time. Hard left hand up top by Prince Nassim Hamed.
4: Seems that Kevin Kelly is getting the best of the counterpunch, and you would expect
2: the output. They trade in short bursts and flurries. Nassim landing more accurately in this round than has been the case before, but taking some leather in return. Down goes Kelly on two hard left hands. Now they're even. Both fighters down twice in the fight. Ooh, a good blistering right slow to respond here. You gotta be careful mixing it up with Kelly because he can fight. That's gonna be ruled a knockdown as Nassim's glove grazed the canvas. So there's the count for that. Third knockdown of Hamad by Kelly and the Nassim advocates in the crowd
0: the power from. what we just saw uh, was the uh, Hagler Hearns of featherweight fighting yeah and I believe uh, Larry, was it Larry Merchant that called it the uh, Hagler Hearns of the featherweights and uh, I think you can't be any more accurate than that statement that was Exactly what it was like, and uh, yeah, I mean, again in the fourth, it was a, it was a, it was a silly, a silly shot really. I thought, it was sort of like hammered through the right hand again, and he left his chin out, which he, which he, you know, he does, and obviously Kelly's caught him again. He's done his own work on the guy. He's done really well to be fair every time we, because he always had that chin up He always made sure he catched, he caught him on the counter, um, and he touched, um, and oh, you know, again it, it was it was a silly one, and it was it, he's touched the canvas, but he was fine. Uh, but then just before sort of Kelly does go down for the second time, um there is a, there is another incident where where Hammett catches him and uh it, 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 I think the referee calls it a slip, and it was—he was, it was interested. I, as I watched, I watched it a few times, and it does look like it catches him. So, to be fair, the referee probably missed one there and I—I I, I think that could have also been counted as another knockdown.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. It was it, again—it was just—it was just one of them rounds where, like, when Merchant said it was a haggler Hearn's of the featherweight division, he, that particular round, round four, was definitely right because you had obviously Kelly putting Hamed on his backside, making him touch the canvas, and then obviously Hamed came back and responded and started throwing these these sort of counter shots in I think it was a, a counter left that he got and he, he, yeah. he made Kelly come down because Kelly like I said earlier Kelly was swinging wild at this point so he was leaving himself really open but Hamed was also standardly leaving his chin open so when he they were both catching each other with great counter shots I think eventually it got to that point where he'd obviously dropped uh, and Azim Hamed had dropped Kevin Kelly got the standing eight count. Kelly started to look like he was going to come back into the fight. Uh, he started to drive Hamid back, but then Hamid again with a counter. The counter left. It was that sent Kelly down for the third time, and then big left. Wasn't yeah, it? it was a huge left. I mean, you, if you go back and yeah. watch the fight for people that obviously are obviously listening to this episode, you'll see when he catches him that left. He's just he's just all over there. And and as much as Kelly was a warrior and he tried to get back up, he was just he struggled at this point. That he, he couldn't get up. He tried to get back to his feet. Referee managed to get to the count of 10 and Ahmed gets the knockout victory at 2 minutes and 27 of the fourth round.
0: Yeah, it was very close actually I, at one point because obviously he had, been, he had knocked Kelly down, he had touched down himself in between the two knockdowns and you could see I mean, Hamid's face is like just get wanted the referee to get away stop the tan I'm all right I'm fine i have touched down but I'll, I'll, he could sort of sense the blood and um you know he went for the kill and again you know it just comes from though I used to think how on earth does this guy get power on his shots and it was if you ever if anyone sort of watches is going to go back and recap on sort of what Hamid look at his legs you, and you look at the other guy's legs every shot come from there where uh, and it, it, it would it would sort of as he would lunge. as I say, it would, it would look like it might be a looping right, or it might it switch as well. he would be orthodox, and then he'd switch. Well, he was a south boy. he could fight comfortably either side. And it just it baffled every opponent, and they they could never really work out where the shots are coming from. And with his hands so low, it was so difficult to read. And and, and that that one particular that left shot that put Kelly down was 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 a wonderful shot. It was two lefts for the first, and then the second time it was a big left, and yeah, like that
1: like that great finish yeah it was was fantastic finish to the fight and I tell you what at that point you knew you'd seen one of the best fights of the modern era after seeing that fight and a fight that really when you look back on it people were sitting there uh, and and, and obviously criticising Hamed for what was one of (laughs) arguably people are saying that this was one of his worst performances as a fighter
0: yeah, a lot of people... I don't really see that. I think that, that he had not done anything different. Um, I, I, I will give the credit to Kevin Kelly. Um, looking back on other fights, as I say, the Manuel Medina, you just go back and watch the Medina fight. Daniel Elicia when he gets knocked down for the first time ever in his career in the first round, they were all the same shots. They were all where he would always leave that chin open. Um, the one thing about Hamid as well is when someone would sort of connect, because he was so bendy, he was almost like a gymnast, wasn't he? He sort of bent away... It, Although someone froze a shot, it was never a clean shot on the chin, although his chin was always there to be hit, but he was quick. Um, So for me, I wouldn't say it is worth it, I just think Kelly, he's done his homework and and credit to his team. and, and and he probably deserves more credit than than what people you know people will look at it and think yeah Hamid he got
1: he got knocked down three times but in actual fact
0: you know I wouldn't say it as his worst performance it was like, it was just
1: a barnstorm of a fight it really was yeah it was it was very much back and forth and it was one if not one of the greatest fights of uh, his career to be honest with you because when you think of Nazim Hamid there's two things people think about with Nazim Hamid in his career and it probably leads us nicely into sort of the aftermath of this fight and how it how it affected both men's careers and what. Meant for both men's careers. With Hamed, Two things you think about him. You think about the barnstormer of a fight with Kevin Kelly, but then people always mm-hmm. will always go back and think about when he got to that big, huge stage when he fought one of the greatest of the modern era, Marco Antonio Barrera. They always think of him losing that fight and the fact that Barrera, you know, beat him quite handily in, in that particular fight. So the two two ways you're always going to look at it is him losing to Barrera, but him also beating Kevin Kelly on his US debut in emphatic fashion. But after this, Kevin Kelly fight he comes back to Manchester he beat another great fighter in Wilfredo Vasquez and stops Wilfredo Vasquez yeah, yep. and then goes and beats Wayne McCullough and he had his famous thriller entrance that was another great moment I remember of Hamed's career
0: yeah, I I do remember the thriller jacket. I thought, what is this guy doing? He was, I mean, as I say, these these intros were yeah, unbelievable. Some of them. I mean, I, yeah, he had one where he come down a lift as well. He had one, as I say, carrying out. But to to his credit, um, the one thing I will say, I mean, I was never lucky. Enough to, I was I was probably I was too young. I was I was with the teens and. Um, I, to be fair, I would have probably lo- I would love to have gone to one of his fights just because you watch the crowd as well, and uh, he, he, when he's come out, he literally danced the way to the ring, and you just you, you could from, from watching the footage on YouTube and they were literally buzzing, weren't they, the crowd? It was like a little rave before the fight. It was incredible. And um, and with, with, with Wayne McCulloch, that, that was a fight that was actually supposed to happen. God, that was, it was supposed to happen around sort of 95, 96. It never did. Um, but, you know, again, another good performance uh, from... Uh, from from Hamed. although it was a UD, um, yeah, it wasn't quite the knockout finish that he would have liked. But you know, it, he, he 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 was already proven to be a, a a great fighter. But maybe 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 the Kevin Kelly fight took something from him. It, I think he needed to adjust, especially when you knew Marco Antonio Barrera was in the horizon, a solid Mexican that had all the fundamentals to stop or, or prevent, uh, you, know, you know, being able to, to stop the Nas power because that's what he always relied on. So um, I, I think it would the do, do sort of the right was on the wall. Now, I always go back to that Manuel Medina fight because for me that was where something needed to change. They they needed to think of it as It needed to be a plan B. It was never a plan B for Hamid. It was always the power. And granted to him, it took him sort of what thirty five fights until eventually he got beat. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it, it, was, it was it was tricky. Uh, Anthony Barr is a fantastic world class fighter he's one of the greatest Mexicans that's ever fought in boxing. Um, so I was a bit saddened. I mean, when he when he obviously retired as well, he was too young, and I I think that defeat killed him. He just he just he didn't want to know anymore,
1: which was sad. I think I think at that point for me, right, you look back on his career. He had great wins after the Kevin Kelly fight. He beat McCulloch He beat Paul Ingle. Uh, he beat Cesar Soto and won the WBC version of the title as well. And then beat uh, another yeah, great fighter. In, yeah August, he beat Argie Sanchez in two thousand, and then we get that Barrera fight, and I think it's at this point, I can't remember uh, which fight it was he'd split from the Ingle Gym, but then he obviously goes and and trains with Manny Stewart, one of the all-time great trainers, but it's at this point Mm -hmm. where I think he's starting to lose his love for the sport, and all the stuff that I've watched of of Hamed after he's finished his career is it was quite well known that he was really just partying and he wasn't as in love with the sport as he once was a couple of years earlier. And I think the, the, there was one particular documentary in the lead-up to the Barrera fight that I think ITV did, which were released after he lost to Barrera, which really does show him looking like he wasn't really 100% in, in, in invested in the fight, as in like he wasn't really that asked. I think he felt like he was going to be able to just go in there Uh, and rely on the power like you said and rely on the ability to be able to knock people out and he thought he was going to be able to do that with Barrera but with Barrera he was just such a tricky fighter you couldn't just do that and and that was a disappointing night for me personally not just because of the fact that I had to stay up till 7 o'clock in the bleeding morning to watch it but the fact that he got beat as well
0: Yeah, yeah, I I was... It's difficult because I was always... I was a fan of Naz the way, but I was never... I always could see... It was always there for me. Uh, People would always discuss it and say that eventually someone... With all the fundamentals, and that, that that can you know that can take a shot, and someone that can that has got all the boxing bit that can close him down and make it difficult for him. But, um, he was always going to lose eventually, and the Kevin Kelly. I think that did that again. That was probably another fight where looking at it, someone should have taken him to the side and said, "Look, you know, we need to think about something else. Here. Your power's not going to last forever. You know, there's going to be a time when you're not going to be able to blast someone out." But Hamid being Hamid, I think he was very. he was it was a cocky guy. He was he was it he was confident, you know. So maybe it was difficult for uh, 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 God. What's his? Name? I forgot. What's his coach's name? God, I've just lost his name now. What was his name? His coach's name? Yeah, Man-y- uh, Man-y- not, Man-y- not not Manuel, well, but yeah. Oh, uh, um,
1: it was Brendan Ingle, Irish it? fella. Brendan Brendan Ingle. So yeah, lost his name. Yes, yeah, so I I wouldn't be surprised if Brendan would have been the sort of
0: guy. He sort of put up with it, didn't he? With the brothers as well. The brothers were involved, and I think maybe Brendan um, he'd been with him since he was seven years old. He had spotted him from seven. And, and I think he, he spotted a change himself, Brendan. It was always a bit of a saver, weren't he, Brendan Ingall? He, he liked taking kids off the street and, and changing their lives around. So he had done that with Hamid. He had made him a lot of money. Um, and I think he I think he probably see that the course had ended and there was a few other young kids coming through. And he probably, he, he sort of, and I think that was probably a downfall again. I mean, even Frank Warren said he started getting a bit deluded with his money and buying all these fast sports cars. And, and Antonio, Mar- Marco Antonio Barrera, you know, he's like. He was, anyway, Followed this guy's career, it was just he was a f- fantastic fire, and um, and I could just see he was going to lose. I, I, I don't know, I had, this, I had this feeling that I didn't stay up to watch it like you did, Sean. To be fair, um, <laughs> I, I, if I remember rightly, I'd gone out. It was sort of yeah, and and, and I, I, I yeah, I didn't fancy. I, I just fancied Berrett to win it, um, and he did. I, I think I recapped on it probably a week later to be honest but yeah, yeah a, bit of a, a bit of a sad one though for, for, for Hamed where he, he was up what, was he 28 when he retired so yeah as you say he'd lost something and it's a shame because I still think he could have done something in the division you know with yeah. Eric Morelle still around, around at the time as well so it could have been really interesting between them three
1: I know I know and I wish that he wish he would have stuck around and it's funny because it's 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 quite weird in the fact that when you think about Hamed's career ending so so soon go on Kevin Kelly's career and he carried on until 2009 and he actually fought yeah. he fought again for a world title well, an interim world title against Eric Morales in 2000 he got he got beat off Morales he went in with Humberto Soto and got a majority decision and then he got beat off Barrera uh, and he also got beat off Manuel Medrina in 2006 as well so he carried on until 2009 which was like, when you think about it like that that's 7 years after Hamed had his last fight in his career and, and given the fight that they had between one another and given the fact that he'd already had about 46, 47, maybe even more fights when he fought Hamid in 1997, he went on to end, up, end yeah. up having 72 fights, Kevin Kelly.
0: Yeah, impressive, wasn't it, really? 72 fights, 60 wins, 10 losses. That's pretty um, incredible record considering you know, he fought Hamed he fought Derek Gay, who was also a good fighter. Eric Morales, as you say, Antonio Barrera, Bobby Pacquiao was another one. I don't really remember too much about Bobby Pacquiao. He was the younger brother, wasn't he, of...
1: Manny both, of yeah. Manny yeah.
0: Um, and then obviously Manuel Medina who was a guy again like a lot of people when when um, Naz did beat Medina Medina retired in his corner in the end but that was an- he was another guy he was a tough fella you know tough Mexican um, and yeah and in the end I think he had a couple he had this, lost his last what lost his last four out of six and I think he was he realised it's probably time to time to call it a day but ten losses and he lost those last four
1: in his last he lost four in his last six that so it just shows you that how good Kevin Kelly was. Yeah, definitely. I think he's I think he's a fighter that people forget about in terms of, of what he did over the course of the nineteen nineties and, and where he was and where he was able to get to and the fact that he was WBC champion at one point. You you've got to you know think about that how highly regarded that title is in this day and age, twenty years on and it's probably the, the belt what everybody wants in the division. So you know he was that champion. He was able to have that belt and hold that belt and being competitive fights with some of the greatest featherweights that we've ever seen so yeah he had a fantastic yeah. career and this is probably his greatest fight that he was involved in although he wasn't on the, the, the winning side he was involved in, in a fight that will be remembered for the ages that's why people like me and you have started doing podcasts about it because this is a fight that people remember for it's an absolute war of attrition in the ring at the time and I've got nothing but fantastic memories of this fight and it's one that no matter how, how bored you you get one night it's a fight that you can sit on youtube and watch and you can watch it and you can just you know be in awe of, of these two guys just going at it for four rounds and giving us one of the best fights we've ever seen
0: yeah it really was a, gr- a great fight um as I say, the knockdowns was, was was brilliant. I think I think I think Larry Merchant sums it up perfectly when he calls it the hagler of the featherweight. I think that spot, especially that fourth round, um, and uh, yeah, I mean we were going back to, to Kelly as well. I mean there wasn't really a featherweight in America that had sort of. I think he had like half a million from that fight, so there wasn't really that big name uh, feather. They wouldn't really put him on. The, they put him on the undercard. They would never. It would be undercard of Winky Wright or, be, or, or, or sorry, uh, Roy Jones Jr. or something like that. It was. There's never a, a, a lead... And, and, and for, uh, you know, a featherweight at that time to be headlining was a big thing. And um, I think someone even mentioned that the last person had actually done, I think it was someone just before this particular uh, guy, but Salvador Sanchez, he was the last one and that was in the eighties, you know, so quite similar as well, Salvador Sanchez to, to uh, Hamed, where they love sports cars and, and um, obviously Salvador, you know, he, he unfortunately died in a, in a car crash uh, at sort of one of his sports cars and, and sort of leading on after that with, with, with Hamid it was sort of in was it 2002, 2003 he, had a, he had, a, they had a car accident as well yeah. didn't he? he actually put someone he paralysed someone I think or he put someone in a coma so yeah yeah it's interesting just interesting similarities
1: couple of interesting facts about this particular fight then which we can touch on here is guaranteed fight purses for both men Nazim Hamid 2 million dollars for this fight and Kevin Kelly was half a million dollars for this fight so you could see the significant value in what had been played Based on Hamed's head at the time, uh, 28-year-old undefeated—not uh, 28-year-old—he was 28 fights in, undefeated. Yep. Uh, get, gets two million, which is obviously probably equates to about seven or eight in in this day and age, maybe more. Uh, and Hamed got half a million. It also, in terms of what it did, he got two. I think it was two and a half million viewers on HBO, and it got a, right. it got a rating of 10.1 among HBO's 25 million subscribers, which was actually a little bit more than what the average boxing rating. Was which was eight point five, and obviously for us, we had it on Sky Box Office over here. So you know it was it was a fight that everybody wanted to see, and this was before really boxing had its sort of real boom in terms of the the fight between the networks for it because they weren't as they weren't your BT Sports around at the time. You only really had like your ITV's picking up the boxing, and obviously Sky picking up the boxing for certain fights. So you know this was a this was a huge deal for for us as UK fans.
0: Oh, massively, yeah, yeah. As you say, two point five billion. Hash, I mean. Wilder the only dream of that couldn't he really <laughs> and the other thing we actually spoke about before as well Sean was uh, the guy who had his second pro fight on the undercard
1: yes and Mr Richard Hatton aka Ricky Hatton Manchester's own Ricky Hatton made his second pro fight on this particular card which was again you got a unanimous decision four, four round fight working his way up and I remember I've watched a lot of stuff of Ricky as well and I'm a big fan of Ricky's and I remember reading his autobiography and, and this was one of the highlights of his career the fact that he Four over in America in only his second professional fight which is probably unheard of in the, in this day and age for most fighters unless you've come from say an Olympic background or you've had this fantastic amateur career guys yeah. like Ricky didn't wasn't known as that back then and he got his second pro fight on the undercard of this one yeah
0: yeah, and obviously the other one was uh, was Danny Williams the other heavyweight who played uh, 12-0 on the night I think uh, he was 11-0 before and he, he was also on the undercard so he had a couple of guys coming through
1: <laughs> yeah we had the, Danny Williams the guy who went on to Beat Mike Tyson. I faded Mike Tyson. I might add, but still, nevertheless, a guy who went on yeah. to beat Mike Tyson and ended up getting a shot against Vitaly Klitschko. So there you go. It just goes to show you, like, when you look at the depths of these undercards from way back when, you got some great fighters that went on to do some some decent things in the sport. So overall, you know, summing up the, the 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 event itself, it was it was one that I'll always remember, and it's the reason why when we put these polls together for for Twitter and for the listeners that we put these down as, as, as legendary knights because although people might not sit there and initially think of them as legendary knights, you've got to think about the impact it had on on boxing and, and, and the fans and when you talk about fights that they remember, you put a, a little video clip out of this. We did on the tu- on the Twitter vid on the Twitter account on the feed and it got over a few mm-hmm. a few thousand views and it was only a clip of the fight it was only like a a one minute <laughs> clip of the knockdowns in the fight and and this is the thing that this fight has done it's made people of this generation who are growing up to become boxing fans you know look at it and go wow look at that fight I'm going to go and watch that on YouTube and that that just goes to show you the impact the fight had and which is why I would say definitively it's for us it's a legendary night it
0: is it is and um, it, uh, it, it, not only that. It, it was, it was a massive, significant fight for Hamid. It was his first American professional, the uh, first American debut. It was an absolute barnstormer of a fight. Kevin Kelly obviously went on. It was it was a it was, was a decent fight. Kevin. He was better than probably better than decent to be fair to the guy. I'm probably un- under uh, under underplaying him. Excellent fight. Um, again, it had everything, and, and I I think it did have a significant effect on Hamid in terms of going on further on. I think he was a little bit more cautious in his fight like which um, which is something that may affected him um, and retiring early. But wonderful fight. Um, I advise anyone to, that hasn't seen it to watch it. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's great to to go back and uh, watch all these fights and keep up with Naz and uh, everybody. And, and sort of uh, Kevin, uh, as I say, Kevin Kelly wasn't a fight I'd, I was too familiar with. Obviously, I knew of him in the fight. And, and before that, like you did uh, when he was sort of coming over to England to, to promote the fight. But um, yeah, yeah, it was nice to to look back on. Kevin Kelly's career. a uh, done great things. and you know he, he finished his career 10 years later, which is
1: unbelievable, really. Yeah, it is. So, if everybody that's listened to this episode, if you enjoyed it, and you've enjoyed this particular episode, then please make sure you go and find us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod, and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook as well, and subscribe to us on any of the platforms that are out there. I've mentioned it at the start of the episode. I mention it in every episode. You've got things like YouTube to listen to it on. You've got things like Podbean, Apple Podcasts. I know there's loads of iPhone users out there, so get your Apple Podcasts app open, subscribe to us, leave us a rating, leave us a review, let us know what you think of the episodes. Uh, Johnston, where can we find you on social media if the guys want to follow you and some of the boxing work that you do? It's it's JohnOSC23 um, on,
0: on Twitter. Um I also I uh, do some writing for Billy C boxing, uh Talking Boxing with Billy C. Um, their shows are live on Sundays. Uh it was what there was one on earlier. They're actually um uh going to the Canelo uh Jacobs fight. Uh they're gonna be doing some interviews around Thursday it's an all day for them, so I think they're gonna be live on YouTube. So check it out. Um, Rumour has it, Lennox clear, smart be lingering around. So, uh, so yeah, give that a listen and obviously go on to Talkiebox's Billy see website and check out some of the articles
1: and um, see what you think. That's it. Well, thank you for listening, guys. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of BTR's Legendary Nights and we'll see you on the next one. This is
2: one of the most unusual calls by a referee in the history.
4: Podcast Network.